characteristic about encountering God is uh, once you get to know Him, there is this consciousness that develops in your heart, the consciousness of His presence. And one of the things that it does that it begins to make you understand the currency of God's presence in one's life. That will trigger in your heart to start valuing God's presence. Because God has committed himself so much to his presence that as many who are able to trap it when they to encounter God, they are not ready to lose it. Because once the presence of God does on you, one of the things that it helps you to understand is to know that you have, come, you have created incomplete, you have created insufficient. And so there will be this attachment to his presence that completes you. Why many don't understand that they are created incomplete? Because they have not seen, they have not experienced that presence. So they are still living in the loftiness of their minds. Their minds keep, keep deceiving them that. They have all it takes. But once the person comes to your life, it will hit your heart to make you know you are not, you are not created complete. That you are created insufficient. From the day of creation, you are created insufficient, and your the, so your sufficiency is that presence. That is why even when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the Bible said God comes at the pool of the evening to come and interact with them. These are the steps God was seeking to always complete them so that they can perpetually live and be able to fulfill their destiny. Abraham was a man who encountered God. And we see him also manifest the degree to which he cherished God's presence. And he's not ready for anything to interfere with that. It's not just that he's a good man, but he sees that. This presence, as I'm listening to God and is directing my step, if I lose this presence, I'm finished. And that's why when that tension ensued between him and Lot, Lot is supposed to be the son of his brother. And so he's far away, more aged than Lot. But you can imagine the quarrel, you know, came up between him, so he's so, so helped men and helped them a lot. And it's now the elderly man who is now asking the, the, the younger one, please, sir, I don't want quarrel. If you choose north, I choose south. If you choose west, I choose east. If it's in our current world, can that be obtainable? When the presence of God comes upon you, some of this profiling that we have for ourselves doesn't make much sense again. You see far beyond. But it's like Abraham, the man of God's presence, who said, please, choose. And mumuciously, as one man, the boy looked around and saw a very great place and decided to choose the place like the old man rose in the dry arid ground. If it's now what today we will consider that as very stupid, that boy's nonsense, maybe insult, I mean, they engage words. But Abraham has passed that level. 
because he has realized that sufficiency only comes from God's presence. And immediately Lot left him. God told him, look up to the north, look up to the south, to the east, to the west, as far as your eye can go. But did God speak a lot? No. And eventually, at the end of it all, Paul ran away, Lot ran away from the place that was being been. Something happens to us in life that we may look at somewhere, we are, we are planning things, we are into something, and then we just feel that, ah, this is a golden opportunity. Have you engaged God's presence? I thought, I thought, is not enough. I thought, I thought, I saw, I saw, is not enough. As God's own people that cherish his presence, we must continually know that vetting our choice and decision every day by sitting on that God's presence is very crucial. That is what this passage of scripture is communicating to us. I'm so impressed by that man, Abraham. Every time I read him, I learn one or two things, you know. So touching. Look at what he did here. Uh, the Bible says that when he arrived at uh, the place, he did what? So he can move his tent and came and dwelt by the oak of Mamre, which are in, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar. This man is an altar builder. He literally said we with altar. An altar is where you trap God's presence. Place of prayer. It must be that maybe he came and started doing altar like this. No. He just comes there, he marks it and says, here, I connect heaven and earth here. That's what is called an altar. Altar is that place where you, where you connect heaven and earth and create fellowship for the movement of what? Angels ascending and descending. He has seen that this altar he built in this memory was the same place Jacob came and laid and slept. And when he slept, he saw angels ascending and descending. And he covered and discovered that this was the place that somebody had had interaction with God many years ago, his grandfather called brother. So these are things that we can learn and also garnish our Christian faith with. They are born of God. They are born of God. And finally, Jesus, you know. Admonishes to get understand that the path he has called us, the path of the ways of God, are not flamboyant. They are not, you know, looking, you know, glamorous. It requires a lot of chiseling and, you know, chastisement. It's a narrow path. It's a narrow path. And so, is it that's the path that leads to life? And those who find it are very few. But the path that leads to death is very wide. It's very wide. The type of freedom that we brandish today in our world is one of the close gates that the enemy has used to take hold of many. I have freedom for this. I have freedom for this. I can make my choice. What is guiding your choice? What is guiding your decisions? What are the values that 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 takes hold of you? What values determines and you know, defines your person? And sometimes we allow some of these things to come and infiltrate our faith and water down our faith and we just keep quiet. 
and then as time goes on, the donation comes in, and we begin to lose our faith. The path to God is a path that demands great ordeal. We must be ready to suffer, to hold on to the values that God has given to us. And I want to today, purity is dying, love is dying, forgiveness is dying. The word of today, you know, flamboyancy has become the order of the day. Kingdom consciousness is dying out. And if you want to say you want to be part of God in his kingdom, you know, demands, you will see that your life will be affected. It will chisel you. It will chastise you. Because you must be a changed person. We part of that kingdom. And so at this mass, even as we see Jesus again, we will ourselves and then ask him to help us. And as he helps us, there should be also deep cooperation from our own side. But if we are ever ready to cooperate with him, we will change things for us. And God bless you all in our hearts through Christ, our Lord. Amen.